Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for the Self-Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show, where we're talking with successful business owners to hear their stories of the journey to building their business. And because we know that achieving success in business is not something that we do on our own, we're taking time to recognize the folks who helped us to excel. Today, I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Ohio with us today. My guest is a piano player and plays in a cover band. That is cool. We're going to learn a little bit more about that. He enjoys hiking and cycling, spending time with his family, and he's most proud of being part of the leadership team that started two colleges of pharmacy. It's my pleasure to welcome Mark to the show today. Hello, Mark. Hi there. Glad to be here. Fantastic. Well, hey, let's start with having you um, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born, where you live, a little bit about your family. Sure thing. So I, I actually grew up in Northeast Ohio and uh, in, a, in a little town called Champion, but it was out, it's nestled between the uh, Cleveland and Youngstown areas um, and spent my, my entire early life there. Um, had graduated high school. I was, I was a runner, so I was part of the cross country and track teams. I was part of the band did those types of things, had a lot of fun, uh, went on to college at Ohio Northern University um, on the northwest side of Ohio, where uh, I majored in pharmacy, graduated there, and then I went back actually to my hometown up up in the Warren Champion area, and then um, spent a couple of their years there being a pharmacist, uh, doing different things, eventually went on to Ohio State in Columbus to get my doctor of pharmacy degree, uh, and then that kind of was the starting point of, of my career at that point. Fantastic. Um, and so it's interesting. Uh, it, it's just, I think it's a showing how old we are. You didn't say the Ohio State, you just said <laughs> Ohio State. <laughs> as, as an alum, I probably should have said the Ohio State University. So I'm <laughs> reprimanded by those some people out there. Right. We're going to have the uh, Ohio State police tracking us down when this uh, interview launches. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about uh, being in a cover band. That sounds exciting. So yeah, I, I mean, I've I've played music um, for the majority of my life. I mean, I started playing uh, piano when I was in fourth grade, and then was part of the band, played uh, trumpet. Always enjoyed music. Was in in band all through my high school, and I was also played through um, my college years. Played uh, also in uh, in adult life in various churches, and uh, about ten years ago, uh, started playing in cover bands because they were a lot of fun and I enjoy encouraging people through music. And um, so the current cover band I'm in, we've, we've been together uh, about two and a half years. And again, we play covers from the 60s through today, just have a lot of fun. And I do play the the, the keys uh, for that band. So very cool. Well, thank you for sharing. Hey, is there a, a funny story that your family likes to tell about you that you'd be willing to share with us today? Yeah, so uh, to my demise, there's probably a lot of funny stories <laughs> that they tend to share about me. But uh, one in particular that goes back a few years now was the time that I was when my my daughter, uh, my first daughter was was uh, going to be born. So my wife was pregnant at the time. We bought a secondhand crib, and a little piece on the crib had fallen off uh, underneath, and I was gluing this little metal piece back onto the crib and. Uh, unfortunately, uh, some of the uh, the glue, the super glue, dripped into my eye, and I super glued my eye shut. So that ended up in an emergency room oh, visit. Oh no! So um, 
I could I could give you a lot more context to that story in a lot of, a longer segment, but it, it, it's a story that uh, people like to talk about how Dad uh, super glued his eyes shut. So. I bet yes. And uh, did you get any nicknames out of that? No, I didn't. Thankfully. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, so, so, I'll yeah, be my... thinking of a few later this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my preg my pregnant wife was driving her husband with his eye glued shut to the emergency room. So. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, tell us about your family. <laughs> yes, sir. Sure thing. I uh, So my wife and I've been married um, almost 29 years and we have uh, a daughter of 24 who actually is uh, finishing up her pharmacy training and she married her husband who uh, is also a pharmacy student. They're finished up their pharmacy training. Uh, I have a son who's 21 and he's uh, an accounting finance major in college and then i have a uh, high school daughter uh who is a freshman this year so. fantastic awesome and what's everybody's names so my wife is patty and my uh my daughter oldest daughter is rachel she married luke and then i have ben and anna wonderful well thank you for sharing with us so mark tell us about how the business came about and at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business so, so about 11 years ago had, um, well, actually we'll go back a few years, maybe, maybe 12, 13 years ago, we were kind of in a challenging economic situation in the United States and we were watching, um, we were in the middle of a recession and I saw a lot of companies that were, were struggling financially. And as a pharmacist and someone who understood uh, a little bit about the payer space and employee benefits thought maybe I could help some of these companies financially. And so I was at the time, the the dean for a school pharmacy in Ohio, and I got permission from the university's administration to start um, a, a company to just help out employers as a consulting practice um, as, as um, something that we thought would be beneficial. And so um, it's really just started kind of as a side, side gig, if you will, um, and then uh, did that with some colleagues. And then over the course of, of you know, several years, the um, opportunities continued to expand. And so essentially what I, what I often say is we kind of grew into the business. What started as a side gig turned into ultimately a full-time gig. And that's, that's where we're at today. So fantastic. Awesome. So tell us more about the company. What do you guys do? How do you help people? So, so as a pharmacist, we recognize that um, a lot of, of healthcare costs are attributed to drug costs. And in, and as the FDA continues to prove new products, new innovative products, you know, the cost of those new products are, you know, quite high in some cases. And we watch a lot of employee benefits um, uh, or employers struggle with employee benefit costs. And so consequently, we get involved with helping them reduce those costs. And there's a number of ways to do that. It's there's not a formula for it. It's not A plus B equals C. It's we, we do some analysis, figure out what makes sense, and then evaluate where the opportunities lie to reduce cost. In some cases, it's you know contract related. In other cases, it's vendor related. In other cases, it's just managing the overall um, members on the plan better. Better. And there's there's a lot of different pieces to that. So so that's one vertical of our business. Another vertical of our business is. As pharmacists, we also recognize we can help uh, hospitals and health systems uh, improve revenue or reduce cost or a combination of both. We also work with physician practices, and we've tried to put pharmacists, embed them in their physician practices to help them uh, improve care, reduce cost. Pharmacists 
you know, historically have been trained in a, in a more of a, a retail pharmacy center and a dispensing role and pharmacists have, have changed drastically in what the roles are today. So, so now we try to really optimize what a pharmacist is capable of doing and what they're trained to do and try to build in uh, expanded and innovative ways to use pharmacists in different practices. And then, and then the third vertical, if you will, is where we help companies implement their pharmacy strategies. If they want to start a specialty pharmacy, start a retail pharmacy, if they want to build out a new company that relates to pharmacy in some way, we help and provide consultation to do that. So that's that's what we do in a nutshell. Yeah, awesome. Your name is is rather unique. Is there a story behind the the meaning of your your company name? So Profero is actually the Latin word for forward, and we it's intended to show that and, and the the team was strategic. So we we realized that no one person knows everything. So we try to function collaboratively as a team. You're not hiring a consultant. You're hiring a team of people with diversified expertise, and we're going to move healthcare forward. And And we believe that's a positive messaging. Collaborative team uh, working together to move forward healthcare improvement or move forward optimization of healthcare. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. That's cool. So, um, Mark, is there a a story of somebody who pushed you or inspired you that you could do it, even though maybe you thought you couldn't, that, uh, that, that had an impact on you in the business? You know, so over the, what I think, so for me personally, um, I think the, one of the greatest resources we are given are people in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and we often talk about stewarding resources well, but we often think put that in, in the context of financial resources and, and not that you don't steward those resources well, but but people resources are incredibly important to steward as well. And so I've always been big into networking and building relationships across all facets of my life. And that's personal from a friendship standpoint, but also from a from a professional standpoint as well. And so I've always had uh let's say a network of professional friends, colleagues, professionals that I've viewed as good friends that that challenge and 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 push me um and so some so i've i've had prior faculty members in in my in my career faculty members not only that that taught me but then i went back into academia i was a faculty member for many years as being part of colleges of pharmacy and so some of my my colleagues um also became good friends mentors um in in the faculty space but but yeah, I mean, if, I mean, first of all, I mean, a lot of our of my success has been obviously the support and advocacy of my wife, Patty, and and that's obviously the key to to everything, quite honestly. But in terms of of other people in my life, I think it's it it's the collective wisdom of many people, mm-hmm. um, and there's definitely people that um, are part of my life that are now part of my team now, but also who continue to advocate for us even outside of our company who just advocate because of who we are or who I am. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. So Mark, what's been the biggest learning that you've had as a business owner? So the, well, I've learned a lot. uh, And the one thing that um, I think is pinnacle to being a business owner is it really is a very rewarding environment uh, if if you, in fact, enjoy innovation, entrepreneurship, you enjoy being a decision maker, making good decisions. But when you're when you're the owner of a company, you have a lot of flexibility to do what you want. Now, sometimes that's that's a negative, too, because I have to protect <laughs> myself from myself. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and so, so I do need people around me to push back. It doesn't make any sense to, man, if you're a business owner and you have a, a people who work for you or they're just, you know, basically what I would call yes people or yes men and women, like that is of no value. You need people that surround you that are willing to push back, challenge you. Uh, and that way, that that's a protective mechanism. Um, so, so, and the other thing is you don't need more of yourself. Uh, so, you know, and a lot of times we like we we sometimes will um, be drawn to people that are a lot like us, yeah. but those aren't the people that we need to necessarily be around. We need people to challenge us and to think differently, and maybe even and and not antagonistically, but to think differently to supplement our skill set and our perspective. I, we use uh, the, the DISC assessment to help business owners to understand themselves and their team. And one of the things that comes up all the time is with uh, relationship people who are married and also working together. And and it, they're usually those people are opposite. And and so I I remind them that the the saying is true that opposites attract because subconsciously we know that we need the other person to complete us and. And unfortunately, usually when we hire, we're, we do the opposite of that and we hire people who are just like us because it's comfortable. So I like, I like what you're sharing in terms of that acknowledgement of we do need different people to, to help us to grow and develop and see the world differently, see the business differently and, and help us protect ourselves against our blind spots. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Mark, we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us about one of your biggest challenges over the years and maybe a fellow business owner who came alongside you and helped you through that. So, you know, one of, one of the things that, and again, when you're, when you're a business owner, you're faced with a lot of challenges. I mean, there's just, it, it doesn't end. And, but, but one of the things that's important to recognize is, is the challenges bring opportunity. And I know that's an old adage that people say challenge challenges breed opportunities and and you can overplay that but but there's a lot of reality to that where those challenges can easily be converted into opportunities for improvement or expansion or even refining of what we're doing so um so sometimes um when you have innovative ideas we um we can we can think a little bit naively thinking, oh, well, everyone will enjoy this, this great idea. And as, as a company, how we are, we often bring innovative solutions to the marketplace. So, so we may be, we may have an idea on how we help a company uh, reduce their, their employee health costs, but that doesn't necessarily mean that your idea is necessarily a good one. Hmm. Uh, and so, so I have a, a friend colleague and now he's, he's retired, but boy, is he really good at calling out like, and saying, you know, that's not a good idea or, or, you know, there, there's no business model associated with, with your idea. And, and uh, again, I'm cautious about throwing names out because I, I could, I could go down a whole long list of names of people who've been part of my life, but, but I really have appreciated, especially those who are a little bit more seasoned than me who have experienced the challenges and they're willing to say, you know, here's what you need to do. Actually, uh, one of, one of my, colleagues, mentors, one time sat across from me for lunch and he said, you know, he says, you get successful people together and business people together and they like to talk about their success. But th he said, you ought to sit across the table and talk about your failures because it's the failures that made you successful. Yes. But no one wants to talk about your failures. They just want to talk about their successes. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and in the corporate world, we're all trained not to, you know, even 
you know, acknowledge that we failed, right? We were supposed to hide that stuff in the back corner and, and, and not, you know, not allow it to happen to it, which is kind of weird because uh, how did we all learn how to walk, right? We, we fell down multiple times. We failed tremendously until we, we figured it out. So, um, our founder, uh, Brad Sugars, he, he, he uh, quote that I love that he says is he never fails. He either succeeds or he learns. And I love that perspective of, right, that all those failures are just us learning how to become better versions of ourselves the next time around. Well, I'll tell you, as a musician, this is so when we play gigs, we do a lot of improv. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is, is when as a piano guy, if I mess up a riff, I have to quickly think of how to make that into a new riff. Ah. And I, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to stop playing. I'm not going to put a pause. I'm basically going to say, OK, we got to go a different direction and we got to do it fast. You know, so so to some degree, you have to, to, to learn to take the mistakes and then to turn them into new trajectories. Yes. And so sometimes that is really beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you said earlier that you don't like to call out people. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. If I asked you to pick three people in your business journey that you're most grateful for being there for you and helping with the business growth, who are those three people and how they help you? Well, certainly, and, and, I, and I've already called out my wife, Patty. I mean, certainly she's foundational to uh, to all of our success as it pertains to supporting me and our, our initiatives. Um, another, uh, probably another major colleague uh, that has been key to our success has been uh, one of my vice presidents, uh, Cheryl Reese. She's actually come alongside it. And she's really good at, at complimenting uh, my skill set because she has no problems pushing back and challenging me on my thoughts. And she is a key factor to, to also why we've we've been successful. Um, and, and I would say um, I, I have a couple other mentors in my life. I'll, I'll call them out and say um, John Stanovich and, and Mike Bukach and those guys have really been good at just saying, you know, giving me straight what they think. You know, they don't beat around the bush. They, they tell you this is good. This is not good. And they don't have to worry about hurting my feelings because their relationships are deep and they're long. And so, you know, you need those kind of people where, and, and at the end of the day, I think we're, we're in a culture today where people are, are somewhat offended or afraid to offend people. But, but the reality is that's, that's dangerous to be around people who are afraid of that. You know, you, you ought to be able to have a, a, a significant disagreement and then walk away and grab dinner together and it, it be all completely fine. That's really what we need. So I love that thought of, you know, have a, a, a an intelligent, helpful disagreement and then become friends, right? Go back to the friendship or the relationship after the fact, because you're right. It's not personal. If it's a, if it's a true meaningful friendship or relationship, then you do want the best for the other person, which means sometimes sharing that hard truth, right? Yes. Yes. So, Mark, as you think about the next three to five years, what are the biggest challenges that you see that you'll face in uh, achieving your goals? And who are the types of people that you're going to need uh, to help you solve those challenges? So one of, one of the challenges we've, we've had has been how to strategically grow. A lot of times we reactively grow. Opportunities come our way um, and we, we react and create a, a, a means by which we um, can accommodate that growth. Mm -hmm. I would like to more strategically grow and plan out how we're going to take on new business or new clients. And, um, and so, you know, what kind of people do we need? We need strategic salespeople who can, who can not only generate 
those expanded growth uh, opportunities, but help us think through also how we're going to accommodate those expanded growth opportunities. So, so definitely in, in that category, um, and, and, and I need more people operationally and, and, uh, minded. I'm very much the strategic visionary out there, but, uh, but like having people around me can operationalize the vision, if you will. And, and I think that's a, a key factor. Uh, sometimes your operations people can be in, in, as you probably would imagine, in disagreement with your visionary because there's a, sometimes a disconnect there. Um, <laughs> and, and so just learning to kind of pull and tug a little bit on what could be realized and bringing the operations people along. But at the same time, the operations people need to hold back the visionary, too. So um, so so that's that's probably some of the, the challenges we're going to face. I mean, certainly. The other big challenge is what's what's going to happen in healthcare at large. Healthcare is so complex; it's moving uh, five thousand miles an hour in a lot of different directions. And how are we going to rein this in in terms of cost mitigation and bringing new solutions to the market, uh, but having innovation that's that's bringing quality? You don't want to just do something because it's new, but how do you vet out innovative solutions? So I need people who are going to also think through. All right, this is an innovative idea, innovative company or vendor. How are we going to put that in place and how are we going to protect the clients that want to, you know, utilize that innovation but not put themselves at risk? So those are some of the, I think, key factors to the future. I, I loved your your analogy of the, you know, the visionary versus the uh, operations folks. So, you know, oftentimes what happens is, you know, the visionary has all these huge, big, you know, hairy, audacious ideas of changing the world, but um, they struggle with landing the plane, right? And so I, I like that you're surrounding yourself with folks too that can, you know, connect the dots, you know, put the the processes in place and, and enable your vision to become a reality. And and I also liked what you said about the give and take, right? Of, you know, of, hey, maybe that idea is just a tiny bit too big and, and the operations team needs to pull it a little closer to the ground. But then also, right, the reverse side is, you know, the, the operations people are going to prefer to have certainty and and want to make the idea too small and so you being able to pull them back up into the clouds a little bit and right and and expand their thinking and in, in terms of finding that win-win yeah absolutely in fact I, I um and i do i love metaphors and analogies but you know if you look look at a pulley system in order for a pulley system to actually work there has to be tension across that entire pulley system. As soon as you lose tension, you have no ability to move whatever it is you're moving. So you're you're you you have to have to some degree tension in all facets of your of your business, but the, in a positive way. It needs to be functioning to move things forward. So tension is not a negative thing. It's just a a mechanism by which we improve, you know, a forward motion. So I that's a, I love that analogy. Thank you for sharing. So Mark Jim Rohn, um, love him. There's a lot of great books. One of the things that he, one of his quotes is, we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So as you think about that, what advice would you have for business owners who are trying to do it on their own and not not bringing other people into their world? Yeah, and, and I could so totally see why, why people would struggle with that. Um, I, I think, you know, so so I came out of academia. I spent a lot of time and, and when we go through any type of schooling, whether it be high school or college or graduate school, uh, 
I think there's a general culture and an assumption that's kind of fostered there that you have to independently succeed. You take your tests yourself, you do your projects yourself, you, you write your papers yourself. And if you do anything with someone else, it's considered cheating. Um, <laughs> right. And then we go into the business world and we bring that, that mindset and, and it's, now we actually need to collaborate. Now we actually, and, and anyone to suggest that they have all the knowledge and intel to accomplish what they need to accomplish. I mean, that's that's typically uh, naive or egotistical, but it never works. <laughs> um, and, and, and I think what what really needs to happen is is we need to learn to, and, and there's a there's a humility piece to that too. Like we have to we have to self recognize that we don't have all of the skills necessary to make an entity successful or an organization or business successful. So so how do we bring the right people? Now now part of that is trust. Mm-hmm. You know you can't just allow for anyone. So it has to be a group of people that you trust that complement you that you can actually disagree with and still maintain great relationships. Uh, but yeah, anyone that's trying to do it all themselves will will ultimately, um, in my opinion, fail or come to a point where they realize they need to to bring other people into the equation. Awesome, thank you so much for for that perspective. I I I, I never thought of it that way, but you're right. The school system does teach us to 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 do it on our own, and then we get thrown into the corporate world, and it's like, oh, figure out how to work with others and share and and have one plus one equals more than two. Yes, exactly. So, Mark, you've um, clearly been blessed with some incredible people that have helped you along your journey. Uh, if they were all on the show here today, what would you want to say to them? Well, I'd certainly thank them for my friendship with them, their friendship to me, uh, their willingness to be truthful and honest. Uh, I So part of part of my perspective in life is to have fun in life as well and to enjoy enjoy people and relationships. And so I've always appreciated people that have a sense of humor around me and probably has cultivated that in myself as well. But but I appreciate the fact that you can uh, have great relationships, challenging disagreements, and yet have a lot of fun and a lot of humor through that. And those are the kinds of people that that uh, I'm around and I appreciate those those qualities of the people that I'm around. So awesome. Mark, it has been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. To everyone who tuned in, thanks for listening to the Self-Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campbell. Be sure to help us spread the movement by liking the show and posting about it on your social media. And to join our movement, go to bemadtogether.com. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward and I'll see you all next time. Take care.